Ultra. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one surprise rock at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us, regrettably for the last time this week, is... Oh man, I thought you were just going to say regrettably. No. Like full stop. <laughs> regrettably joining <laughs> Don't be us like, how week. dare you? <laughs> Our Rick and Julie Ingham from Mad Max Minute. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Thank you for the lovely welcome. Thank you for having us back <laughs> And I must remind you that it takes a long time to podcast anything, and we never podcast unless it is worth (laughs) taking a long time to say. Thank you. Thank you for this PSA. (laughs) That is the the motto of this show in in particular. <laughs> because it takes me a long time to get to the point. Well, no, it just takes us a long time to finish the movie. <laughs> so this minute, so minute one seventy five starts with Mary finishing his sentence from yesterday. He says they cannot fight this war on their own, and ends with arrows and a rock being fired. Rock first, arrows second. Being being fired upon these urukai coming up the causeway. With their shields all all linked together. Mm-hmm. Like the Roman phalanx of old. Mm-hmm. They're turtling. They are turtling. They're very turtling. Are they not? They're turtling. enough. Are they not turtly enough for the turtle okay, club? Okay, so I was literally about to do that, but I was like, nah, I'll let it slide. <laughs> so I'm glad you like, came in at the last minute. <laughs> uh, speaking Whoa. of Dana Carvey, we can also say... <laughs> we can also... Who throws a rock? You know, subbing it. Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> Random task. <laughs> Which is a joke I've always appreciated. But this minute starts with... Because who names a, who names a guy odd job? But... <laughs> oh my god. So this minute starts with Mary continuing his indignation. And we get the... They cannot fight this war on their own. And Treebeard, war, yes, it affects us all. And then it's just like... I would have also accepted war, hua, good God, (laughs) what is it good for? War, war never changes. Also a good answer. Wholeheartedly agree. Or uh, in the case of Saruman, I guess, war has changed. He has brought bombs to this party. Not yet. Not yet. But we know they exist. That's a spoiler alert. We are historically bad at this. <laughs> I have a hard time believing that there's anybody interested in this Movies by Minutes podcast that has not seen these movies. Again, I I want to speak to you if you are if you listening exist. to this and you haven't seen this movie. And if, you, if you're not watching, if you're just listening, I want to know what your conception of this movie is after listening to us. For so long. Well, I know that um, Gary from Harry Potter Minute will do that. He'll listen to the podcast and then watch the movie. And I'm like, what? How? That's that's backwards. That's like reading the book before watching the movie. Like you never, you never go super in depth into something before you experience a simplified version of that something. 
That's how. That's you my, always start. That's my experience with Lord of the Rings, though, is book before. You movie. always start at the most simplified thing <laughs> and then get more complex. That way, your appreciation grows the more you progress. Mm. If you start complicated and then go simple, you're gonna get bored. See, I'm a I'm a monster that digs into spoilers and yeah, I, background yeah, information no. about things before I see them because that I want to. Because if it's something I look like, that looks like I'd be legitimately interested in it, I want my expectations to be set appropriately. If it turns out to be terrible, Julia, you looked like you were about to rebut me on something. I was going to say that that's your philosophy because you weren't a book reader. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> I read books as a child. Yeah, he read what, Wishbone animals? books. <laughs> and I read the Redwall series. Oh, those first two books are so good. You know, I, I read books about animals stabbing each other. Oh, man. As animals do. Redwall and Secret of Nim. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love Secret of Nim. The Don Bluth movie, that owl is so terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, Don Bluth, why do you want to traumatize children? Because that's his job? His brand? Because you kill this dino mom and then this creepy owl. Oh, God, that was him. Yes. And then American Tale is depressing. Oh, I love those movies, though. And All Dogs Go to Heaven. Anastasia, not as depressing. No, just Christopher Lloyd being silly. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd being a weird Russian wizard. What's wrong with that? Oh, man. Amen. It takes a long time to say anything in old entish. And yet we never actually get to hear any Well, that's what all the boom problem is. Well, no, that's the swaying of the trees. Yeah, and I'm assuming the swaying and creaking of the trees is also Old Entish. Mm -hmm. That's what I always assumed. They speak in the sounds of the forest. That's what Old Entish is. So I take so long to say anything because syllables are spread out over minutes at a time. I see. I'm just assuming that the the broom ra room is him just, like, calling them little hobbits in Old Entish or something. Wouldn't that take too quickly? Mm. Or just like a couple of sentences that are just, or a couple of phrases in Old Entish or sounds that are like punctuation. Like the same way that people say, right? Or okay at the end of sentences. It's just broom, broom. <laughs> just Maybe all that's the. that's his accent. Like, like in Rock Bottom in SpongeBob. Yes. Where they just like do Punctuate a raspberry with a... in between words. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I can't understand your accent. (laughs) (laughs) That is that is the most memorable thing from SpongeBob for me by far. When they go to Rock Bottom, they miss the bus. That's the best. There's a there's a bathroom joke in that episode. Of course there is. They're making fart noises. Of them not knowing which bathroom to use because they don't understand the signs in Rock Bottom. I've gotta wonder if Treebeard ever met the Rockbiter from The NeverEnding Story, how long that conversation would take. Because sure, the Rockbiter speaks English, or common, or mannish, or whatever we're (laughs) calling it. But he also speaks very slowly. And is there something in, in, is it in Return, is it Return to Oz? Uh, I don't know. I've never seen. There's it. like oh the gnome king. Yeah, the other that is literally just a mountain. Yeah, the other incredibly slow stock, slow talking thing made out of rocks. An earth arm elemental. Just yeah, you were yeah the, the you got my back. You got my back, Rick, on the gnome king thing. I was just like, return to Oz or something like that. What is it called? One thing's for sure: if you had Treebeard go up in a fight against the Rockbiter, then Treebeard would win because paper is just tree pulp. <laughs> And paper always beats rock. Yeah, rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I mean, trees break rocks. 
with their roots. They just grow through stuff. Yeah. That's Even another gra- traumatizing movie aimed at children. Never-ending story? Yes. Oh. oh the horse, yeah. <laughs> we, we have a horse that sinks into, uh, into the ground in our no. movie, too. But that's an entirely different climate. I'm trying to think of a third giant that is elementally based that could probably beat Treebeard in a fight. And the first thing that comes to mind is actually the Iron Giant. Yeah, I was giant. just going to say that. Well, he, is, he has all kinds of crazy futuristic weaponry. Uh, what about the giant I don't think he ever uses scissors, though. Night on Bald Mountain or whatever. That's a demon. That's like Satan. Yeah, he's a yeah. He's giant. That's like literal Satan. <laughs> Are there any, like, large scissor-based... Scissor-based. Well, Ed- Ed- giants, Edward though? Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> but he's not a giant. <laughs> Yeah, maybe if Edward Scissorhands was in a Power Rangers cartoon <laughs> and Rita Repulsor made him grow to immense size. You know what, though? Like, just Dennis the Menace would be Treebeard. Why? Because he's... He, That's some mental gymnastics you're going to have to walk Or Macaulay through. Culkin. <laughs> what? I can't remember that. Kevin, whatever his last name is in those movies. Oh, in Home Alone? McAllister. McAllister, yeah. Wait, why would Kevin McAllister beat Treebeard? Because he always gadgetry? wins. It's just gadgetry and nonsense. Just throw some marbles. All right, under we'll him see. Okay, and set them on fire. Now we need to, we need to do a deep dive uh, on this. Voltron. So, <laughs> Voltron. So we've got an abandoned valley, a la the Power Rangers movie. That's our setting. You've got Treebeard. You've got the Rockbiter, and then you've got Macaulay <laughs> as Kevin McAllister. He's not gonna beat Treebeard, no matter how many rock paper scissor rhymes right? you come up with. Treebeard like it's got to be something equally sized. Yeah, but if you put Kevin McAllister in his own home, <laughs> just drop <laughs> not even in his own home in a hotel. Yeah. Okay, Treebeard fighting McAllister. I'm just gonna drop the Kevin name, but. Him, Treebeard fighting McAllister would be like that one scene from Poltergeist where the tree comes oh, through no. the window to attack the kid. That's what it would look like. <laughs> yeah, but then he gets hit in the face with a paint can. The kid in Poltergeist doesn't have traps set up. Oh my god. Treebeard's walking through Fangor and all of a sudden a paint can hits his like knee or shin. He's like, whoa, what's this? And he, he touches a, he touches a he touches a, a doorknob that's been electrically charged. Oh, no. And, of course, wood doesn't conduct electricity. And he's just like, what? Then he gets set on fire. And unlike... Okay, the blowtorch by the front door pr- would probably do some damage. And, you know, <laughs> unlike Joe Pesci and the other guy, he can't just take off his shirt and stop, drop, and roll. He's a tree. Well, you know, if the River Eisen is nearby, you can just dunk your head in there. Yes. That's true. So one thing I like about the fact that your movie has Ents is the fact that our movie has a portion where one of the characters says that their ancestors were flying in a plane. I say ancestors. It's maybe like one generation back. But they were flying in a plane and they were attacked by a game. They were attacked by a gang called Turbulence, which makes me think that over in New Zealand, you've got trees that are alive called Ents. And then in Australia, you've got air elementals <laughs> that are basically the wind equivalent of Ents, and they're called Turbulence, <laughs> and they knock planes out of the sky because they that's can. That's so funny. That's that's great. Canon accepted. Perfect. Just one more thing Australia has to deal with. 
Even the air you breathe is trying to kill you. Mordor is Australia. Confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of Middle Earth is New Zealand. The air you breathe is a poisonous fume. (laughs) Not with 10,000 men. Could you do this? So, okay, if Saruman wanted to take on Sauron, he has 10,000 men, quote-unquote. But not with 10,000 men. Could you do this? 10,001. 10,000 and Saruman. Yeah. Well, he's also got the... What are the tribal guys that are running around Rohan that are not the, actually the part of the Rohan mm-hmm. culture? Yeah, he's got the hillmen. That bumps up the numbers by a couple hundred, yeah. maybe. So this is a terrible thought about the hillmen. I've always kind of assumed that the hillmen were going to be sent on this venture with the orcs, but the Urkai ate them on the way. Oh, no. That's where the human blood came oh. from? <laughs> the human blood in their helmets? Yeah, the Urkai were just like, why do we need these guys? And they just killed them during their travel. Oh, Looks like or looks like meat's back on the menu, Gosh, boys. <laughs> You're never gonna get I, away from that. Yep. Nope. And then you know they get their butchers, their bakers, their candlestick makers. And <laughs> they don't waste any part of the hill, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> I find it remarkable how much the scenes with the Ents slow down these minutes because I've been keeping track about how many individual shots are in each minute this week. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, they were all 40 to 42 individual shots per minute. Mm -hmm. Yesterday and today, 15 and 18. That sounds about right. Yeah, Because the battle scenes are so frenetic too. Like it's just all quick cuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's no more, there's never a span of more than, I think they say four or five shots without seeing Aragorn, Gimli, or Legolas somewhere in the frame. Mm. You, there's never more than four or five shots in a row without them. You want to constantly be checking back in on your heroes. Right. Which includes Theoden, too. They also intercut with Theoden occasionally. He hasn't really... He's just standing there. Yeah, we're, we're not at the part of the battle where Theoden has joined in yet. Right. He's drawn his sword and decided he's going to fight too. Instead of just giving orders. Yeah, giving orders and then watching Gambling give orders. And then the, <laughs> the one-eyed guy gives orders and then... It just goes down the chain. I hope that one-eyed guy survives the battle, because it probably means that he can get a boat and go out sailing in a mass of treasure and then hide his boat in a cave, <laughs> fill it with traps. Just becomes a pirate. And a bunch of kids will someday find it. Josh Brolin will be there. Samwise Gamgee will be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I really, 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 really love the way... Gimli says 21 in this minute. <laughs> 21 nah. <It's laughs> and I'm so sad that it, like the minute number doesn't line up with any of the numbers in this. Yeah, so we could have been like count. 171 nah. Yeah. <laughs> 21 nah. It's so sad. He's taking so much like glee. And these aren't kill shots. He's just knocking them off the right, ladder. Right, he's just like counting each yeah. slash. I don't know if that's how that works. Well, he's knocking them off the ladder. Well, that's dead. okay. Yeah, as long it's like it's Pokemon rules. As long as you get at least one little hit on them before they die, you get the experience oh, right. for them. <laughs> so the other thing is thinking about the height of these ladders. These the ladders that they built for practical ladders to film to do some of these effects and stuff with the full size ones were 19 meters tall. Oh my god! It's a 40 foot ladder. Holy crap! No. Dag. 19 meters, that's like a 60-foot ladder. So, yeah, that's a fall. So so the Urukai already knew exactly how tall 
the deeping wall was, right? Saruman must have. Wormtongue probably knew. Yeah, he probably gave them the schematics. Okay. Wormtongue probably knew. Because I was reading up on uh, medieval siege warfare involving ladders, and the first thing it said is, don't, because it's dumb. (laughs) But the other thing they said is that one of the major problems you had with using a ladder during siege warfare is showing up to the castle and having a ladder that's either too too short or too long. Yeah, because if your ladder's too short, then you can't actually reach the top of the wall. And if your ladder is too tall, then you'd have a defender just take the ladder and push it to the side. And the thing would topple right over. Yeah, these ladders have the hooks that drag over the other side of the wall so they can't just be pushed down as easily. Smart. But there still was plenty of time to unlatch them and push them. We see several ladders fall in the wide shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know doesn't always work and these are giant ladders so they they definitely kill people on the way down that they land on yeah the whole idea of climbing a ladder and being that exposed the article i read basically said you're going to lose a ton of people because the a lot of castles are built specifically to repel Mm -hmm. ladders and you're completely exposed you can get shot by arrows and it just goes to show the overwhelming number of urukai that have showed up Mm -hmm. that they can just do this kamikaze style Mm-hmm. tactic of course it could all just be a red herring i don't know i haven't watched past <laughs> this could all be a distraction what you don't say well i mean they are they are <laughs> like distracting from this force that's coming up the causeway which isn't in and of itself perhaps a distraction perhaps mm-hmm. but they are they are well turtled just marching slowly up the causeway the big dumb hand so the hands on the shields <laughs> that you can see from behind on the top shields mm-hmm. look like they only have three fingers. They're just like random white marks. But the shields on the front, when we turn around from the other side and we see the rock hit one, are the full five-fingered hand of Saruman. So is this just canonical proof that Urukai don't know how to count? Probably. Yes. I accept Why this. doesn't your shield have a hand on it? Oh, uh, okay. I'll just make a hand. <laughs> make a hand and it's like a claw. Maybe it's like the Vulcan salute. That's why there's only three fingers. We want to live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gimli is just getting into this. Yeah, who throws a rock? Who, th- yeah, who throws a rock? That's a big rock. The hobbits aren't here it's to that big rocks. guy behind Theoden. Just like, huh. <laughs> he like hurls it like a shot put. Yeah, he played track in high school. He track. He's <laughs> a thrower. They've got an Andre the Giant up there in the keep, and he's throwing I these rocks. I could kill rocks. you now. <laughs> uh you mean I? You mean I put down my sword and you put down your giant rock? Can we beat each other to a pulp like gentlemen? Yeah, you put down. I put down my sword and you put down your rock, and we kill each other like civilized people. <laughs> there you go. That's my favorite scene in that movie. <laughs> I love Andre the Giant uh, because I'm also a wrestling fan, so I love Andre. He's just so funny. Every interview with him is just so amusing. <laughs> like every every time he's ever talked to anyone in front of a camera candidly, is just he just seems like such a joyful man. And then you see him like. Pick up the soda he's been given for his talk show appearance, and he puts his hand around it, and it disappears. It's like <laughs> Hobbit soda. <laughs> it's just gone. Hobbit soda. <laughs> Wait, The Princess Bride is now in my brain. Right. So that's a different Movies by Minutes podcast. Yep, sure yep. is. I, you mentioned Hobbit soda. I'm like, would a Hobbit drink Coke or Pepsi? And then I thought, an orc would drink Moxie. <laughs> yeah, that's... Because that stuff is poison in a can. That's what they pour down Mary's throat. Moxie? It's medicine. It was originally marketed as medicine. So I've always just assumed that Mainers drink Moxie out of spite. Is this correct? <laughs> I don't like Moxie. 
I don't drink the stuff. <laughs> Sounds right to me. You're from here. Like yeah. <laughs> my si- my twin sister loves Moxie. Oh, see, she is like one of the most spiteful people. I don't understand. <laughs> she says it tastes like ban- uh, bananas and root beer. That sounds horrible. Yeah, because I think it tastes yeah. the way paint thinner smells. <laughs> I was working in a sandwich shop for my first job, and there was a soda cabinet, and one of the options was Moxie. And so I threw my money in the register, and I bought a can, and I opened it, and I was working there with my boss, and he's like, all right, well take a drink what do you think oh so i drank it and i thought it was awful and i wanted to throw it away and he laughed at me and said no you're not gonna throw away perfectly good product you're gonna drink that entire can and the dude may have only been five feet tall but he was also like 250 pounds mm-hmm. of muscle he was an ex-italian kickboxer oh my god <laughs> not that italian kickboxing is a thing but his nationality was italian you get the idea i wasn't gonna tell him no because his Upper arm was as big around as so my head. So the way head. you said that made it sound like he was no longer Italian. Ex-Italian kickboxer. No, he was still Italian, no longer a kickboxer because he went into the sandwich business. An Italian like old, you owning do. a sandwich shop sounds like the beginning of a bad joke. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Honestly, the summer I spent working at that sandwich shop was mostly a joke. Yeah, Moxie is, is terrible. It is it is also the, I, I believe it's the oldest soda in the United States. That's weird. Is it because they only made one batch? Because <laughs> <laughs> it tastes that way. It's so bad. I, oh. I don't understand. If anyone out there likes Moxie, why? We know people who like Moxie. Yeah, but not listeners. Oh. I mean, I'm sure there are... Your sister listens to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> She's been a guest right? on the podcast. She's practically on the team. <laughs> She's literally family. <laughs> oh, my it's gosh. True. The closest family I have Moxie. being literally my twin. Ugh. And yet, she loves Moxie and I hate it. Moxie. It's disgusting. It's a vile liquid. Maybe that's what they put in the Berserker helmet. <laughs> That'd be terrible. <laughs> you it's like a can of soda poured into a helmet and, <laughs> and then, then someone puts like... it on your head. Oh, it's like so the Gatorade sticky. buckets at sports. Gatorade's games. better. No, Gatorade is much better to no, have I on know, you than soda. Just soda. Oh. <laughs> Just thinking about, I'm just thinking about there being that like soda in my hair, and I've had five gallons of milk dumped on no. me. No, changing those bag milks. That doesn't sound changing so Changing the bad. bag milk in the dispenser at my workplace, like the second week I ever worked there, Aww. almost ten years ago. Sucker. And this five gallon bag of chocolate milk exploded <laughs> when I put it up in the dispenser. Oh my god! Oh, chocolate milk. And I was milk. like twenty minutes into my shift. That's so funny. And my boss asked me, do you want to go home and change? And I said, if I go home, I'm not coming back. <laughs> so I finished my dishroom shift covered in five gallons of chocolate See, milk. but you had the choice. That's your own fault. And it was, I threw away the clothes I was wearing when I got home. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. I threw away that uniform, those pants, the underwear, the socks, the shoes, Can you everything. just imagine like, getting ready for battle and then it's just a helmet full of chocolate milk? <laughs> be so upset (laughs) i'd have like ptsd that was a terrible moment you gotta drink your calcium i just i remember you're all suited up you're all ready to go and then your buddy dumps a bunch of stuff in your helmet it's the last thing you put on it would not be your buddy after that it's like uh, (laughs) just rancid chocolate milk for like four hours that's disgusting awful you made that choice (laughs) 
If I went home, I wasn't going back. I would. Must have I would, smelled so bad by the end of your I shift. Was, by the end of my shift, I just completely accepted. I just went home, took everything off. Like Theoden, so it begins. Threw it in the trash. How did it come to this? Threw it in the garbage. <laughs> took like a two-hour shower and went to bed. Where is the horse and the rider? Where is the milk that was flowing? No. <laughs> Sitting in the shower in the fetal position underneath the stream, just so much chocolate milk. It's terrible. It like came out of the bag in like slow mo. It wouldn't have been so bad if I would have been taller. Shall I find you a box? <laughs> a coworker calls from the kitchen. Did they hit anything? One oh one. And my manager, my manager was three feet away from me. Stand. Just, he just watched stood by that and let it happen. Well, yeah, you're not going to get involved. I hoisted it up. I stuck it in the dispenser. The cap just came off the bag. <laughs> oh man awful well um, on that note we like to ask our guests what their like background with lord of the rings is either the movies or the books or both and also what you would like to come back for in return of the king my first memory of the awareness of these movies was in maybe junior senior year in high school there was a kid who knew how to write elvish and knew how to Mm -hmm. read elvish and was so, so excited that's for these so movies. And that's how I became aware of their existence. Was one super nerd in your class. <laughs> yes. Did you yes. watch the movies after that, or did it take you a while? I think I went and saw the first one in the theater. But the middle movie of trilogies, I usually don't mm-hmm. like. Because there's no exposition i mean there's no introduction of characters and there's no resolution which are my two favorite mm-hmm. parts of movies so i when it came time for two towers i was like eh, nah i'm good <laughs> i'm all set so i didn't see it till like way later when i like came out on video and mm-hmm. my dad bought it that kind of thing and then i think the same is true for return of the king what about you rick yeah i was the kid who went and saw yeah, all three movies in the theaters. I did not know how to read or write <laughs> Elvish. But I'll tell you one thing. I played the hell out of the PlayStation 2 Lord of the Rings Return of the King video game. Mm. Which was Is that that's awesome. one of the hack and slash ones? And I loved it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I you get the choice between Aragorn, Gimli, uh Legolas, Frodo, Sam, or Faramir. And I played the hell out of Faramir because that guy, I mean, he's like the outhouse of Middle Earth. He is constantly Aww. getting shit on. <laughs> yeah. And I think, and he deserved a win. Oh, you could also play as Gandalf. That's true. But the first level of the Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King video game is Gandalf showing up in at the end of this scene. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. And just laying waste to Urukai. <laughs> Calling this this entire battle a scene right. is doesn't sound right. Is a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> but technically, I suppose it is. Sequence. Yeah. It's a sequence. That's a much better way to put it. You're right, Cassandra. <laughs> the end You're of right. the movie. Candle <laughs> <laughs> shows up at the climax. The end of the movie. Yes. There's still like fifteen minutes after that. Yeah, I know. Is that before or after they're here? 
That's after they're here. It's right after they're here. Yeah, oh it's either right goodness. after or right before. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of speaking of Return of the King, coming from a series that so heavily features Bruce Spence, I feel like we need to have the mouth okay. of Sauron scene. <laughs> That's fair. I would feel sad to not come back mm. for that. <laughs> it's so good. I know it is. I talked about that with Niall, the Mouth of Sauron just, thing, because I was remember when I saw Return of the King in theaters, I was just like, "Where? I want the Mouth of Sauron." I love that scene in the book because <laughs> that's an extended one, right? Yeah, and there's side by side of them, like you see the digital and then the non-touched up side by side, and some of the special features on the DVD. Mm. It's just just to see how much bigger they made his I mouth. Mean, they took someone with exaggerated proportions and just digitally exaggerated him <laughs> even more. It was ridiculous. Yeah, there's like I some footage it. of just the mouth by itself moving no, to the words. No, that's scary. God, can you imagine somebody like taking that footage and putting it, superimposing it on the lips that open Rocky Horror Picture Show? <laughs> oh, having the mouth of Sauron <laughs> sing uh, science, yes. <laughs> science fiction. Oh, man. <laughs> Go forth, internet. That'd be incredible. Someone Do please the get on it. Put red lipstick on the mouth of Sauron lips. No, just have the mouth. Oh, man. <laughs> just the floating mouth. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh man, the science fiction double feature. Yep. Picture show. God. Well, it was a pleasure to have you guys as a guest this week. Yeah, this it has was, been real fun. It was a pleasure being here. Julia's like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of fun talking yeah. to you guys. We always have fun talking to you guys. To our listeners, you should definitely go check out Mad Max Minute. They're a ton of fun. Yeah. We're going to be on some episodes that are going to air soon, I Ish. think. Yep. You guys are actually going to be the last week of October 2018. So we didn't call attention to it when we were recording it, but you're on for the Halloween episode. Woohoo! We just didn't realize it was the Halloween episode at the time. That's perfect, because Halloween is Peter Jackson's birthday, so it all... Hashtag it's all connected. (laughs) Cut to Charlie Day, all the the yarn. See? Charlie Day as Frodo. Um, It's always sunny in Middle Earth. <laughs> Frodo stands up at the Council of Elrond. I will take the ring to Mordor, and then the title card comes up. The right? game goes to Mordor. <laughs> no, no, the title card doesn't come up until after one of them says, "Where are we going?" <laughs> <laughs> We're so you're from the website called right? Dueling Genre. I'm just laughing because I'm like, "Well, who's Gimli?" Uh, <laughs> We're from the website DuelingGenre.com. There's a whole bunch of other podcasts on there. Audio dramas, The Doctor's Companion, more Movies by Minutes podcasts. Mm-hmm. And if that's really what you're interested in, go to moviesbyminutes.com where you can find links to pretty much all the currently running and completed Movies by Minutes podcasts, as far as I'm aware. There's a handful that aren't on there. I don't know. I Howard the Duck. I don't know. <laughs> Howard the Duck Tales. That's a great title, <laughs> but it's very misleading. Yeah. A woo. <laughs> very misleading minute title. As always, special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. Again, thanks for joining us this week, guys. Yeah. Oh, our pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. We'll be back on Monday. We hope everyone has a great weekend. Bye.
genre. 